what up everybody here we are back again back at it once again with the pace and space podcast and we have a doozy of an episode tonight we were going to talk about something me and life have been discussing for the past couple months we thought it'd be a little slow but no it's not slow and before I even get into it any further, let me introduce, as always, my co-host, Leif. Leif, what's going on, man? Man, I am doing awesome. Enjoying myself. Like you, I thought it was going to be a slow week, and then we got caught up with some news last week, and now we get a chance to talk about it. Yeah. So, we got to talk about Kyrie. So, we recorded last week. We posted it online Thursday night, Friday morning, like literally like only like a few hours after promoting the the episode on Twitter and Facebook, Brian Winhurst announced to the world that Kyrie Irving has demanded a trade. And not that he just demanded a trade on Friday, he had this a couple of weeks ago, but it was just getting to our attention now. The Cavs apparently even offered him before his trade request on draft data teams to see what could be done. There's a lot of different reasons behind why Kyrie might be asking for this trade. We're going to try and unpack all those things. But but first and foremost, Leif, I want to get your opinion on this. Do you think that it's time for Kyrie to go his own way? Well, if you're Kyrie and if you're trying to build your brand and you feel like you're looking around and you're seeing all these other point guards, whether it's um, Westbrook or or Curry doing their thing and you know your value, your talent level, it, it could be a little frustrating looking and seeing that as long as LeBron's on a team, you're always going to be a, a second option where LeBron gets all the accolades, you look at look bad as that Robin role. And so I can understand the the frustration on his part. And I think it is time. I, I honestly do. I think right now he's yeah, he's at a point now he got a ring. He before LeBron came to the team, he's already done proved himself to be a good good point guard, a good player. Um he had a, a injury history. Um, he's remained relatively healthy the past several years, probably because the demand is not so much on him. And if he wants to see his star rise, I think this is as good as a time as any for him to test it out, see where he can go. I just wish he did it a different way, but you know, I, I can't fault him for wanting to see or wanting to lead a team on his own. How would you have preferred he did it since you said you don't like the way he did it? Um, I would rather, one, if you felt that way and you felt that you wanted to be the man and have your, while you didn't owe LeBron a conversation, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about how it got leaked out and all the rumors and whatnot, you know, I just felt like maybe, you know, he didn't complain, he didn't put up a fit. It just, it just, the way it came out, you know, that he was demanding a trade and here are his four teams he wants to go to and he can't play alongside LeBron. I just felt like that was just a, 
a little much. I'd rather him say something to the extent that, you know what, I'm ready for the next chapter. I'm ready to move on. You know, don't put any players in it. We were, He could have easily have said, you know what, the, the crazy state of the front office has gotten to me. I'm tired of it. It's too much. I'm ready to move on. Or I've been promised some things and I haven't gotten them. You know, I didn't like the fact that just based off of what the report is that, you know, you had to put LeBron's mouth or name in his mouth and use LeBron as a reason why he had to go. I, I, didn't, I didn't care for that. I, I just think he could have did it a different way. Okay. Um, I agree. I know you don't agree. Well, oh, okay. I, I well, I'm going to say this. I agree that it's, I think I agree with the sentiment that it's okay for him to move on. He's perfectly within his rights to do so. He's been in Cleveland his entire pro career. He's been there, you know, six years now. Like you said, hey, LeBron, we work together. You got a ring here. We helped bring a ring to Cleveland. I don't owe anybody anything else at this point. I, I agree with all of those things. But I disagree with the rationale you were saying. And I also, like, you... I'm not going to put what's been said about LeBron on Kyrie because those are that's all media reporting and and rumors. None of that has been something Kyrie has said himself in a press conference or in an interview or anything like that at this point. He hasn't denied it though. He hasn't denied it. Well, LeBron hasn't denied anything either on his end. So you know, well, yes, he has. LeBron has said that. Oh, the yeah, he did the fake news. Leave. Yeah, I got. He said it. That's fake true. news. He did not say that. Um, he said it caught him off guard. I mean, Which LeBron is a lie. has. That's a lie, though. Yeah, I think that's a lie. That's a lie. They caught him off guard. You know what? Guard. You know, he probably was caught off guard when he first heard about it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you um, why this is a lie. I'm gonna tell you why this is a lie. Because as we as we're going back, Kyrie's name was in trade talks. On draft night this is before supposedly you know if we're if we're going with the timeline we've been given this was before he put in his trade request right so and again we I mean you have been talking and going back and forth about the type of control LeBron has in the organization there is no way they're talking with teams to trade Kyrie Irving unless LeBron knows about it and they they at least gave him a heads up that that was happening. Right, but that's different. It's it, different for it's different because of the case of okay, you're you're shopping, you're shopping Kyrie, you're trying to get another player. That's one thing. But it's another thing for the player for himself for it to come out that you know what, I'm ready to go. I'm demanding a trade, and I think the fact that. You know, from Le- from LeBron's standpoint, I can't say you know LeBron, you're right. You know, I think LeBron is like, okay, every one of your players on this team, Love, Kyrie, you are all pawns in my entire equation. And if I have to trade any one of you to get my, the players that I need to get on my team to win a championship, you know, I'm gonna do that. But how dare you say that you're gonna go and demand a trade? And I think he was caught off guard on that. Because that also meant, and I know you're going to like this statement, that some control came out of his hand. 
I agree with you it's, there. I I agree with you. I, I know you would. I'll give you the surprised part that he may have been surprised by this, but the disappointed element to those comments I feel like is a bit much. It's it's also hypocritical to me for him to be like disappointed and can't believe that Kyrie want to do this. Kyrie has every reason to do this. And first of all, if anyone should appreciate what Kyrie's doing, it's LeBron. Because Kyrie is trying to maintain his freedom and his power as a star player to be in a situation that suits him. This is the same thing LeBron has been doing for several years now. He's, he doesn't demand trades, but he holds franchises hostage with his one- and two-year deals, making sure that the front office does everything they can to appease him so that he'll stay. I don't see what's the big difference between doing that and requesting a trade, especially when this player that's requesting the trade sees the writing on the wall. Now, I know you were saying about the, uh, the, the, the beef and wanting to step out and be his own star. I don't really know if it has at that as much to do with that because, one, he's Nike's best-selling basketball player shoe-wise. It's like LeBron number one. And Kyrie number two. Maybe KD will go up to number two this year after winning the finals. But right now, Kyrie is the number two selling Nike athlete in in terms of NBA players. He's doing pretty well on that front. He wouldn't have gotten the notoriety he's gotten unless he was playing with LeBron and got to those NBA finals and got to the stage that he got to. I think in a lot of ways, it gave him at least the ability to be in conversations with players that maybe he wouldn't have otherwise. Uh, and so all of those things I don't think really are the driving force I think this is more personal I think Kyrie is tired of this organization I think he might even be tired of Dan Gilbert he does not like the way things are going he might have even been the person that told Jimmy Butler like nah dog don't come over this way it's crazy since they are boys and he's here saying like LeBron you you really gonna hold everyone hostage and not let us know what's going to happen with you but we still gotta put our time and effort and dedicate everything to giving the best while you're here with us and he may not be he, he may not just be rocking with that i don't think that he he's that i don't think he's that type of player first of all you know he's a he's a big kobe guy mama mentality he he likes to you know he patterns his his career after you know somebody he respects and kobe bryant this wouldn't be the type of way Kobe would conduct business. If he doesn't like something, he'll say it out loud. But he's not going to do the will he, won't he, won't he thing from year to year. And I don't think Kyrie's that type of person either. So he's disappointed. He's asking to get traded. But he's not going to do this passive-aggressive thing that LeBron likes to do year in and year out. And I think that's where the biggest rift between the two guys is. LeBron... You know, all this stuff, he's going to L.A., he's going to do this. You know, is he going to trade for this player? Kevin Love's been trade rumors the whole time he's been in Cleveland. There's been that Chris Paul for Kyrie trade rumor for, what, like the past two years, right, give or take? And if yep. it's and if it's and if it's not for Chris Paul, it's for something else. Like these two guys have always been on the trade market, 
And you've heard very little in the way of LeBron sticking up for these guys, to be honest. I mean, yeah, when Kyrie lights a team up for like 50 points, 45 points, he'll say, oh, yeah, that's my point guard. But what about the other, you know, 81 games in the season? We need more playmakers. We need more play. We need this on this team. We need that on this team. You know, we need everything instead of saying like, all right, we as a team need to do this. I got to step up more as a leader. I think we have what we need to, to win a championship. Those things never come out of his mouth. So you take a young guy like Kyrie Irving, he he's taking the back seat. He's taking the yeah, back he's seat. Done. He's taking the back seat this whole time. He hasn't even really like grit and, and bared it really. He, you really he hasn't really seen like he's like struggling and like clenching his fist, like trying not to seize power. Like he literally rocked with it, you know, because he because he knew he was playing with a great player and he knew scoring opportunities open that maybe he wouldn't have had otherwise when since he's not the 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 main guy on the team. So I think playing wise. I don't think it bothered him because I think Kyrie was still able to play the way Kyrie wanted. I don't think anything of his game has been impeded playing with LeBron. That's me personally. So I, I really just feel this is more of an off-the-court personal thing where Kyrie is just tired of all the drama. I think he's tired of the drama with Dan Gilbert. I think he's tired of the drama with the front office. And I think he's tired with the ongoing will he or won't he stay drama with LeBron also. That's my personal take. And you know what? I think that's fair. Um, it is frustrating, especially if you are Kyrie. You know, you are the man. You know, you you feel like you're the man. And right, right now you're in a position where you're stuck. You're, you're feeling like you always have to answer LeBron and you can't be the player who you think you, you can be. So I understand that frustration wholeheartedly. Yeah, and it's a double standard because LeBron holds everybody accountable, but LeBron does not want to be held accountable in that same light. No, because LeBron feels that he can rise above it. I mean, LeBron already had his his moment where, you know, he did the whole decision thing. So he had his moment mm-hmm. and where everyone was down on him. So he can't really go beyond that. And right now he's a media darling. And so it's really hard for anyone really to look at him and really hold him to any kind of standard or, or to really put any pressure on him. They don't want to do that. However, you know, I do feel in the case of Kyrie, yeah, Kyrie has, that's why I said, Kyrie has every reason to want to go to another team, to another franchise. I agree. And his name has been mentioned in trades nonstop. Like you said, name was mentioned during draft night. His name has been mentioned before. I mean, there was a trade on the table where he was going to get traded to Indiana for Paul George. And Denver was in it, and the Cavs signed off. Denver signed off, and for some odd reason, you know, Indy didn't sign off sign off on it. Well, hold and, on, that one is that one's still confusing because some people say Kyrie was in it, some people say Kevin Love was in it. Even like guys like Brian Windhorst still aren't sure which of those two were, was in that one. But but I hear you all right. the same. But yeah, yeah, I've heard some confusion on that one because at first I heard Kevin Love. And Kevin Love for Paul George, yeah, I wouldn't take that either. But Kyrie, I mean, I would take that. But still, then his name is being has been mentioned for on, for on a trade block. His name has been put out there. So all he's doing is gain. That's why I'm not mad at him. He all he's doing right now is taking ownership of where he is going. If you're gonna trade me. 
fine. If my name, I'm not going to do this whole Kevin Love thing where every time I go on the court, every time I have an interview, mm-hmm. the question is, will they or won't they trade me? Oh, a player became available. What's going to happen next season? Next season, um, Anthony Davis might become available. Anthony Davis might start saying, you know what? I'm going to go and leave. I'm going to go to a winner. Now, all of a sudden, he has to deal with those trade, those trade rumors. After a while, that gets annoying. So mm-hmm. he's like, look, let me go somewhere where I know that my name is not going to be mentioned. They're going to appreciate me because, let's face it, the Cavs do not appreciate Kyrie. The Cavs do not appreciate love. And I'm going to put this out there. The Cavs, I'm not talking about the fans. The Cavs don't appreciate LeBron. They cater to him. But Gilbert, I mean, he's it's another whole story. Yeah. But I mean, the fans care. So you have right now a franchise that really do not care about their players. They're trying to win another chip because they know LeBron's probably going to be leaving. And the fans all know they're not going to be mad at LeBron this time. It's going to be mad ownership. The whole front office is in shambles. They have the fans' sympathy right now. If you're Kevin Love, you're saying, not Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, you're saying, you know what? I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to take ownership. If I'm, I mean, Kevin Love is probably like, look, I'm just going to ride. <laughs> I'm going to ride this out. Right. But, I mean, if Kevin Love was another player, he's like, look, you know, if you're going to keep talking about trading me, you know what? Trade me. I want to go. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, and even with the part with LeBron, I, I agree. Like, Dan Gilbert, you know, he's kind of a mess. But you know what? I got to give LeBron a lot of credit because he learned his lesson in this sense. He saw how much of a villain he became the first time he left. So he's slowly but surely orchestrating the narrative that gives him the free pass to go wherever he wants next summer. Exactly. I mean, the, exactly. Ma- the man owns a marketing company. So, you know, let's not act like he's not getting some very good marketing and PR advice on how to navigate this time around. Exactly. He came out and said, you know what? I'm not going to waive my no trade clause. Mm-hmm. I mean, inside he probably was like, you know what? I could probably do, I probably should go somewhere else. But he says, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm here. The fans is like, oh, wow, look at him. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we've had this conversation before where if, you have Kyrie, Kyrie Irving under team control for at least the next two years, and you have Kevin Love under team control, and you have LeBron wondering where he's going to go. You're not sure. To me, the ideal choice would be like, hey, LeBron, where do you want to go? Because we got these players who are already signed. Yeah. But yeah. that's not – but, of course, LeBron's not going to relinquish that power that he has. Right, so, right. We, we were talking about that offline. Yeah, yeah, you said that Cleveland should just the smartest thing they could do is say, "Hey, LeBron, where do you want to go with cleaning house?" But you know, like I told you, LeBron is a man of power and authority. He wants the freedom, and when he says, "Okay, you, I want to be traded," or "Okay, you can trade me," he relinquishes some of that power. He relinqu- mm-hmm. even if it's a little bit, he relinquishes some of that negotiating power that he thrives on. So he's not going to do that. He's going to wait. His contract's out, and then he can have 
full 100% control of where he goes, what contract he signs, how long he stays where, and, and that's the way he wants to operate. Um, and I was, I'm, I am going to bring this point out about LeBron, too. And I, I know you were saying that he's not appreciated in Cleveland. Like, I think, I think that buck starts and stops right at Dan Gilbert. The relationship between right. LeBron and Dan Gilbert has been shaky at best, non-existent, most likely, most of the time. Um, it was probably just LeBron's desire to to actually want to want win in Cleveland that caused him to come back. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done it. But what I will say, though, is I think it's hard for that organization and LeBron to have a healthy relationship when he has kind of held them over the coals through most of his his career, especially at least most of his time as a as a as a star and a veteran. Maybe he didn't do this so much when he was first come starting out in the league, but you know the last few years before he left the first time when they were Eastern Conference finalists every year and now this now this last year run where they've been in the finals every year uh, they, they kind of feel at his mercy they have to make the moves that he wants when he wants just like when you know griffin had to appease that locker room by by getting rid of black and and hiring lou for full term and not just making lou the head coach and and keeping him at the salary he was at but giving him a brand new contract like Tyron Lu was already getting paid a head coach's salary as an assistant coach. And that was in part because LeBron wanted him on the staff. And then after they made him the, the head coach, they gave him a new contract and paid him even more money just to satiate, you know, the grumblings in, in that locker room. So I, I do feel that maybe that organization kind of feels like hostage to him a little bit, which is kind of where maybe the, the lack of, adoration comes when it, in terms of LeBron but I do agree that they have underappreciated Kevin Love they have underappreciated Kyrie Irving but that's also I think part of the LeBron effect the same thing happened in Miami the four years Miami uh, LeBron was in Miami what do we hear about what is Spolstra doing is he even really a good coach Chris Bosh who is this guy he can't do anything he's just a spot-up shooter Dwayne Wade's lost it. He's not the player he was. All of those guys saw their rep just get further and further dragged through the mud the whole time they played next to this guy. And now, what's the, what was the narrative once? LeBron left Miami. He should have stayed there. That was a top-notch organization. Wow, Eric Spolster really is a really good coach. Look, Dwayne Wade taking that team to the playoffs, even with Bosch dealing with his sickness like okay maybe Wade still does have something you know all of those all all of those guys were able to kind of regain their image and and their stardom again once they separated from LeBron and and it's no different right now for Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving as good as those guys are if they're not the if they're not the guys that help LeBron win then they're nothing. Then they're the guys that are in LeBron's way and hampering him from winning because everyone just feels that LeBron should win all the time. So if he doesn't, it must be his teammates' fault. That's true. So if I'm Kyrie, 
yeah, I'm going to get out of that situation. And maybe maybe this could be as simple as he kept hearing, he found out he was being put in trade rumors. And he said, you know what? Enough is enough. If you guys are going to trade me, this is where I want to be traded to. And if you're going to trade me, trade me. Don't do not do this back and forth with me no more. I, I just, just, fin- just finalize it. Go through with it now. Trade me. I agree. That's true. Good point. But now let me ask you this. Where should Kyrie go? Where, where, what works out best for the Cavs and for Kyrie? Hmm. Where should he go? Like, where I would want him to go? Yeah, where do you want him to go? I want him to go to Miami. Why? I want him to go to Miami. Well, I have two. Can I, can I, can I have two? Can I have two options? Is that okay? Go two. That's All cool. Right. Well, Miami is my preferred choice out of his wish list. So that let me start with that. But the team that I really think would be the most interesting for him to go to is the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Denver Nuggets, they have young guys. They have pieces. They could put together some Jamal Murray, Kenneth Fareed, you know, Wilson Chandler package to send to Cleveland, which, you know, wouldn't be that bad. You know, Cleveland would get some guys that can go up and down the court, can defend, can rebound, can shoot. And then Kyrie comes to Denver. You pair him with Gary Harris, with Jokic, with Paul Millsap, and you got a team that just missed the playoffs last year, and you put a bona fide scorer like Kyrie Irving on that team, and, and now I think they're a lock to make the Western Conference playoffs if you do that. I like it. De- Denver is a definitely a team that a lot of people haven't uh, – like they. it's like people are sleeping on Denver, but I think that they're going to make some moves, and I think Kyrie on that team would be good. Yeah. Miami, I think Miami is a is an easy one. Um, well, well, I think they have the best – I think they could put the best – like just – just them alone, like not getting other teams involved, they could probably send the best win now package to Cleveland because they could probably send something like Goran Dragic, James Johnson, and maybe like a future first rounder for Kyrie Irving. <laughs> not feeling that, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you're not feeling it, but if the guy wants to go, that's probably like. They're going to need a point guard if Kyrie Irving leaves. And you mean he's not Derrick Rose? <laughs> Derrick Rose is there, but <laughs> when when you factor in what they paid him, they, they're not paying him. They're not counting on him being their starting point guard. That's true. That's, they're looking more as like him as being a sixth-man backup point guard type of player. Goran Dragic is, you know, may not be a cup of tea, but the dude is good. The guy can play. He is the type of player that while he's a point guard, he can play off ball. He did. He played off ball in Phoenix alongside Eric Bledsoe. He played off ball with Dwayne Wade last year in Miami before he went to Chicago. Um, he's a guy that can do it. He, he's, a, he's a decent shooter. He's a good driver. He, he's one of those guys that you forget about him, but then when he's in a, on a team where he maybe gets a little bit of limelight, you, you remember the kind of things this guy can do on the court 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to say this. Who am I thinking? I, I, I agree with the Denver. I definitely think Denver is a good place for Kyrie. I definitely like Phoenix. Um, right. I know there's been some conversation around that. Well, um, let me say, that, let me ask you this: Do you like Phoenix because of what they can send Cleveland back, or do you like Phoenix because you like what can happen with Kyrie on the Suns? I think the only concern I would have with him on the Suns is how him and Booker will play together. Because because that team's not winning in the next two three years. Well, like, put it like this: If you're Kyrie. I don't think you have much of a say. You go where we say you go, and yeah, well, yes and, and no. We, because remember, eight agents are still a thing. So, if if he really doesn't want to go to a certain team, his agent can really make a make that team think twice before pulling the trigger on him. That he's not going to play. Yeah. Well, Phoenix is not a bad look for him. So. Um, if you're Cleveland, do you do you send them out west? That's the smartest move if you're Cleveland, right? Like, why put them in the same conference with you? Yeah, because if you're if you're talking the East, then the teams that I'm thinking, of course, Miami. He said New York, but I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't. Well, I don't see. It. I mean, there is a trade. There's a few different trades I think Knicks could make. Well, like one is, well, the main problem is Cleveland doesn't want to do Kyrie for Melo straight up. I wouldn't even want to either. I don't want that'd be hard. I mean, if you're if you're in Cleveland, you're the front office. I don't want two players with no trade clauses on my team. And well, when LeBron's that, gone, and it's that's not- true. That's true. But when you look at all of these, when you look around the league and who could be traded to. To back to them, talent wise, there's no better player than Carmelo Anthony in any of these deals you're putting together. Right. So, I mean, from that, and then if it's um, you know, Melo plus, see, the problem is LeBron doesn't want young dudes. Like, if the Cavs could just operate on what's best for their team, they can take Melo and Frank Ntilikina. For Kyrie, and then you have your point guard for the future, plus LeBron's buddy that helps you win now. And you know LeBron's contract's up in the summer, Melo's contract is up the summer after that. You're really not hamstringing your your salary cap with this move at all. And now, but you know, of course, Cleveland is like, give us Porzingis, or we're not talking Kyrie. Which is never going to happen because the whole reason you want Kyrie is because you want to pair him with Porzingis. Right. But, you know, maybe there's an... And then LeBron's not going to want the young guys, so you can't put together, like, the Willie Hernan Gomez, Frank Natilakina, plus maybe another young player and a, and a pick for Kyrie because LeBron doesn't want those guys. He wants guys that are going to help him play now. So... It, they the the ideal trade was the Phoenix Knicks Cavs trade, but like I was talking, I was talking with John Jonathan about this. Um, 
that what does that do for Phoenix if they help Knicks get Kyrie? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Because, you know, Franklin Tilakina, okay, that's great, but we had Josh Jackson already and we're going to we're going to give up like Eric Bledsoe and Josh Jackson so that we can have Franklin Tilakina. Doesn't really help. Yeah. That doesn't help you at all. And a pick, I, that's nice, but still I, I guess Phoenix Phoenix is the ideal trade partner for the Cavs. I just don't get I just don't get what Phoenix gains from trading those pieces. I get I get trading Eric Bledsoe, you move out of that contract, but I don't get giving up Josh Jackson and a future pick to bring in Kyrie when when you're not even close to a window where you can even sniff the A seed. Because you know what? Kyrie and Devin Booker, that's a nice backcourt. They're not even sniffing the A seed. They're not even close. They're going right. Yeah, they're not even close. They're right back into the lottery. So, so if you're Phoenix, why are you doing that move? You might as well keep the young guys you have and just build that way. And hope I you agree. can and hope you can get a free agent or two in the next coming years. That is true. Which so while that's the best package, that really feels like a Cleveland-driven rumor more than a Phoenix-driven rumor. Right. You know At I mean. least, yeah, to put it out there. Plus, make it. Plus, Bledsoe, clutch sports guy. Of course, that's LeBron's agency. This and this is something else I wanted to get to with LeBron. So when the news first comes out that Kyrie wants to get traded, the first thing I thought about was. This can go away, but the only way it can go away is if there's somebody in that organization that can talk Kyrie off the ledge. You know what I mean? Right. The way, like, because even a player like Kobe Bryant, he demanded a, a trade from the Lakers. We talked about this before. And, you know, Dr. J. Buss sat him down, had a good talk with him. Kobe said, all right, I trust you, you know. Let's do this. And Bus, Mixed Cup Check, they made moves. Paul Gasol came in. A couple years later, they got two rings in three years. Right? Yep. But now you go to Cleveland. David Griffin's gone. And reportedly, he was one of the main guys that would kind of navigate things like this. That was that was something he that was a strength of his, supposedly. He was able to talk to Kyrie or Kevin Love and these guys and, and get them to kind of sit tight, basically, for lack of a better phrase. But he's out, right? Dan Gilbert is Dan Gilbert. And then we got LeBron going out of his way to say, no, nah, I'm just going to let the powers that be handle this. Right? This is LeBron. We all know the type of power LeBron has in that organization. And that's why we know it's not true. So if he really wanted Kyrie to stay, Kyrie's staying. Unless him and Kyrie just have such a toxic relationship that it can't happen. But for him not for him to say like, nah, I'm gonna let the I'm gonna let the guys that quote unquote run the team handle that was kind of a really telling indicator to me. And you know why it was? Because of what we heard this week 
or what we heard today or yesterday about how LeBron is reportedly behind the scenes trying to make this Kyrie trade happen. So the same guy says, "No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try and talk with Kyrie. I'm gonna let the front office handle that. That's what they do." Is the same guy trying to help expedite a trade for that player? Now, do you believe that? I kind of do, to be honest. I do too. <laughs> because like all the names involved, it makes sense. So Eric Eric Bledsoe is a clutch guy, like LeBron, right? Clutch sports. So. He may be trying to orchestrate that trade to Phoenix. Then his boy, James Jones, just recently joined that front office. Right. And so the word is that LeBron was trying to find out from James Jones if there was any chance they could get Josh Jackson in a trade for Kyrie. Right. Which, I mean, if you got to ask, right? But LeBron, you're not the GM. You said you're gonna have to let, uh, let the front office handle the Kyrie thing. If you're gonna let the front office handle the Kyrie thing when it comes to trying to get him back into the fold, then how are you trying to make trades for the same guy? And will you let him play? <laughs> it's just too much. Like, and, and this signaled that they have to trade him. Like. They they can't go into this season with him still on the team, I think. Oh, no. He has to go. I think... He, it's, too to, it's too toxic. It could be yeah, too much of a storyline. Too much. Too much. But, but what I... But my thing is, I think... I think if it just stayed with what Kyrie did, he could have still ended up playing with the Cavs this year. I think what LeBron has added to this has made it to a point where you can't bring him back in this season. Well, yeah. Yeah, the fact that he's saying that he's talking to other players. and Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the fact that he's actually getting involved in that way almost makes it seem like he's already in his mind acknowledged that, you know what, he's going. Or that he going. wasn't gone. Yeah. And he's already said, you know what? I'm going to be ready to play with the other guys on this team. So he's already just, you know, excluded him. It's kind of like that letter he wrote when he went to Cleveland, how he strategically did not mention certain names. Andrew Wiggins, and, Anthony Bennett. And strategically, <laughs> those people happen not to be on the team. Yeah. So LeBron's a very calculated guy. And I think he's learned now – how to put things in a way in order for it to be framed to the fans and to media the way he wants it to be. So in this case, he knows exactly what he's saying. He knows exactly what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And the fact that all these little rumors are going out there that he's talking with people, I don't believe that that's a, a lie or a rumor. I think that's actually happening. And you agree, it's it's happening. LeBron yeah. is reaching out to people and especially if Brian Windhorst and other people are reporting it, you, you have to believe it. Now, do you agree with what Stephen A said that LeBron was the one that leaked the Kyrie trade demand or request, however you want to put it? 
Well, now, oh, now, are we going to talk about Stephen A. and whether or not he's credible in what he's had to say? Or he's a lot of times wrong, but I do think that he has reliable sources. I think, I think what happens. This is my this is my overall opinion on Stephen A. I think he jumps the gun with what he's heard to kind of get his hot takes out on first take or, you know, to kind of drive ratings. Like, you know, he like the, the Doc Rivers to the Clippers thing, like he was on that for like a year and a half and then it finally happened. You know, the mellow thing, I think that was real. He just kind of jumped the gun. And maybe him putting stuff out there is what stopped some of the things he said was probably going to happen. But I think the guy does know some stuff. I think he knows something. I think he knows stuff. I think he took what he heard. And do I believe LeBron was upset at some of the stuff at, at what Kyrie did and wanted to demand a trade? Yeah, of course. I mean, why wouldn't LeBron be upset? Everyone would be upset. Mm-hmm. And did those thoughts probably come to his mind that he, yeah, you know, but I don't, I think the way Stephen A framed it and the way he reported on it made it seem more confrontational as opposed to initial emotional feelings. Uh, yeah, I think he exaggerated it because that's what Stephen A Smith does. He exaggerates things. He's a very hyperbolic individual. Right, and it's a different it's different tone when you say something and you put a period at the end as opposed to an exclamation point exactly. or a question mark. Exactly. And the way Stephen A came out with it, he probably read a text message where, of course, it's probably with no capitalization. It was all just written out in real quickly. Maybe and even he went LOL at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, and he went and said, sources says, you know, my sources are telling me, and here's what he came out with, and multiple sources. Right. And he came out with that. And he said it in first take as if, you know, I know something that you don't. And to, to do that kind of reporting is dangerous, especially when you're on first take, you're on ESPN, you're mm-hmm. people are watching every, especially when it's something with NBA, they look for him to give him a hot take, to get his opinion, to get his thoughts on it. And for him to say that in that way, while the, the, the wording might be right, the, the context, yeah, yeah delivery. the delivery in the context wasn't right, and right. that that's dangerous, man. You put stuff out like that, you're messing yourself up, I man. Look what happened to Broussard. I mean, where he's at now? But Where's this sources? A does this is what Stephen <laughs> A does? Stephen A got fired already from ESPN, and then he and then he got rehired again. The man. The man has removed every punctuation from his keyboard except the exclamation point. Right. Everything is an exaggeration. Everything is at the at the tenth level, at the at the hundredth percentile with anything he says. Is he goes overboard, but he gets paid to go overboard at this point. Right. It's and so that's he where has his job. Like ESPN keeps him employed because he drives the ratings on a level that no one else really does on their network. And so and then, yeah. he, he they want him talking like this because they know they can 
go on Twitter or in a press release and pretend like they gave him a slap on the wrist to try and satiate the people that are offended. But in the in the back, you know, back in in Bristol or wherever, you know, they high five at him like, man, you did a great job. Look at these ratings you you brought us today. You know, because he's entertainment. Exactly. And, and it's not a matter of reporting. I mean, they have their reporters. They have Walsh. They have Windhorse. They have reporters. They they're going to report to you the factual stuff. The here's what my sources had to say. The breaking news. You're going to get that from them. Now, if you want to get something in terms of your entertainment value, those who are going to have those one-liners that you're going to be like, wow, I got to see this. That's Stephen A. That's where you're going to get from him. So going back to that statement that he reported, again, the words, yes. Delivery, wrong. And if you're LeBron... You have to get upset and say, uh, no, nah, that's not no, that's not how that happened. You it, you're you're telling you're telling a story that's not true. And yeah, ESPN might back it up because you no, know, um Stephen A probably say, Look at my phone, look at my sources, look at my sources. Right. And they're like, Yeah, okay, yeah, they, 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 they did say that, but even then, I mean not to say ESPN is not credible, but I mean they have alternative motives as well. Yeah, I mean all of that was to help drive the ratings of the show that he was on. But I do think that there's some truth to this, only in the sense that as we got more information and as Windhorse reported, these trade requests came out. Well, Kyrie made this trade request to the organization couple weeks ago so if he had made them a couple weeks ago and if Cleveland was trying to operate you know behind the scenes and get this trade done how did it all of a sudden get blown up unless once it got wind to people who didn't like hearing that news they they were they put it out there for it to be known because also who does this help if it comes out that Kyrie asks for a trade request? It helps out LeBron. It helps out LeBron. And this is what I was talking about, how how he is controlling the narrative that paints the path for him to leave next summer. Exactly. He's gonna be he's gonna be looked at as the sacrificial lamb who did everything he can for Cleveland. I and this way, he's going to leave Cleveland, and his big post is probably going to stay up there mm-hmm. because it's LeBron left the right way. Exactly. LeBron like, had to go. Yeah, what else could he do? Yeah, LeBron couldn't do anything. In fact, LeBron was so nice, he actually helped recruit players. And now, because of his leaving, now we have Josh Jackson. And now we have... Bledsoe, and we have these other players on the team. Thank you, LeBron, for leaving our team in such a good place now that you're gone. That's what he hopes, but... But it's not going to happen. I think reality is that fan base, if he leaves again, they're going to be mad no matter what. Oh, yeah. Maybe not as mad as when he went to Miami, and it will be a little more bearable for them because they do have the title. 
and that's a big win for them. But I don't think LeBron's he, best bet was to be traded. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> to be honestly, yeah, it was, which is what he's not gonna want to do, which is the irony of it. But I, I, yeah. I think he's trying to paint a way for him to leave and still be a hero in Cleveland, and he's not gonna still be a hero. At if he leaves, they're gonna they're gonna say, "Hey, thank you for the chip, but don't act like we're cool anymore." You know? Exactly. And so, I mean, would it be one of those things where he's gonna get a homecoming once he retires? There, he's gonna sign a one day contract and retire as a Cleveland Cavalier and. One day they build a stadium or a statue outside the stadium for him. Um, I think he'll get a statue. His number will be, reti- will be retired. You know, you know why? Because 10 years from now, all of this kind of falls into the background. Right. And, and they're going to look at him as one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And yeah. I mean, look, Shaq got a statue in L.A. You know? Right. And, but and he And he left very unceremoniously. Yeah, he was traded. He was traded, but he had like open disputes with the other star player on the team, and some of that was he got traded because he kind of forced the team's hand, and they had to do something. Right, him or me? Yeah. Well, we're gonna choose him because he's younger, he's a guard, and peace. Um, but. But yeah, and he got a statue. But you know, L.A. is different. You know, they have their. Uh, I mean, they. It is I mean, different. So it's different. I mean, you saw how long it took you know, Kareem to get his statue. Right, but I mean, with LeBron, he, like, if the Cavs don't give him a statue, the city of Cleveland will give him a statue. The city, the city of Cleveland will give him one. That's yeah. that's what I'm saying. He's gonna get a statue there regardless. Because he brought like the first title in like what what was it like sixty years or something like that. In fact, he's gonna build it himself. He's gonna fund it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, for me. So this is uh, you know it's very it's very interesting the way how all, all this broken has broken down. It is you know people say why did he why did he act for this trade now, and honestly I think he's just had enough and I, I think he just saw everything that was cr- crumbling around him that being Kyrie he saw he saw David Griffin leave he saw them he saw how the team was trying to still pull off trades while while showing their GM the the door he saw how you know they're trying to bring in star players but the team star player won't commit to anything past this season which basically kills any recruitment you're trying to do for other star players to come along to this team. And he sees all that. He sees how he's constantly in trade rumors. He was still in trade rumors again this very June and July when he was at times the best player on the court for that team, even with LeBron on the court in the finals. And if I, he probably figures, like, you know, what else do I have to do? Like, you know what? I still have two, maybe three more years on this contract. If this guy leaves, I don't want to be stuck, you know, holding the basket of, of a dysfunctional franchise that has all of his fingerprints on it. 
I'm going to get out now before he leaves. I think that was basically the gist of Kyrie's uh, feelings on this. I thought Kyrie was sat at home. That That's true. I do think that's part of it. I think also he sat at home and said, wait, um, I was promised I was going to be the star player of this team. The team is going to be built around me. This was going to be my team. And he looked around and he said, wait a minute. Lonzo Ball going to L.A. And that's his team. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Kawhi, Spurs, that's his team. Okay. All right. Wait, we got some other young guys. Now you got, you know, Fultz coming in and Simmons and these young guys. And now that's their team. And now everyone's talking about them and they're getting all this, you know, accolades and everything and all this interviews and everything. And they're looking at him and he's like, wait, well, I know I'm good. <laughs> I know right. I'm one of the best players in the league and I got nothing. I mean, Lillard's got a team. You know, Booker's doing his thing. Everyone is doing their thing and getting rewarded or being recognized for that. John Wall, Isaiah Thomas. I mean, come on, the list can keep going on. And all he is, he's known as a player on LeBron's team. Not even a player on the Cleveland Cavaliers. No, he's a player on LeBron James' team. Fair. And yes, that does mean, and that does mean he's going to be on prime time, fifty games at fifty games a year. He's going to be on prime time. They're going to watch his game. They're going to see him. But um, is Kyrie Irving a household name? Yes, he's Uncle Drew. He's Uncle Drew. I think he is a household name. He's Uncle Drew. Like I said, he's the second highest Nike selling at Nike athlete in the NBA. He's he's a household name, man. I think, I think he's. I think in ways he is, but not in the way that he could be. Like I can go and, for instance, I'll say I can talk to him. Talk to my wife, and I can say, "Hey, you know, you know LeBron James," and she said, "Oh yeah, I've heard LeBron James." And you know, have you heard of Curry? Oh yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Have you heard of Kevin Durant? Yeah. Have you heard of Kyrie? And I think that's when she's gonna look at me like, "I think so." And I think that's you can get a lot of people like that. Not saying that Kyrie is not a star in his own right. Not to say that people don't recognize him, but. I think that his star can definitely get brighter. And by him going to another team where his star can get brighter, you know, I think that'll be good. It's a good move for him. I agree with what you're saying. Um, The only thing that kind of counters that point about that being the driving force of him wanting to leave is two of the teams that he wants to go to. Right, Spurs. He, Spurs and Timberwolves. Right. He's not going to be the the man in those teams. Right. I mean, I think from a fame standpoint, he would be the number one guy in San Antonio because Kawhi, he's like another Tim Duncan. He, you know, they stay kind of like all out of the spotlight. They just play. So while Kawhi would still be the best player on that team, Kyrie would still be like the main star in terms of, a, of as an attraction 
as a superstar, like fame level. Right. Um, Minnesota. I mean, he would he would be fighting to be the star with Jimmy Butler and and Carl Anthony Towns in, in right. that organization. So if like. So I don't think it's so much that he wants to go somewhere where he's clearly the star as much as he just doesn't want to be in Cleveland anymore. Well, yeah. I mean, you go to other teams, he may not be a star, but the star star player. But right now, as of today, he is in the shadow. He is. He's Yeah, he's not... He's not. He's not even. He's barely shining. I mean, yeah, he has his accolades, but and we know. I mean, look, we know Kyrie is a is a great player. We've seen it. We know he's capable of doing. Like you said, he's Uncle Drew. Mm-hmm. And report came out today that his preferred destination is New York. He wants to go back home. If he's in New York, he is the man. Yeah, quote unquote no back home. Co- yeah, I can't stand it. If you want to go back home, then you go into Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Barely that. Not even. He said you don't even have a team anymore. So you can't um, – New Jersey. So you have nothing. There's no home. You're If you want to call that home, fine. You came from Jersey. We'll, New York will adopt you if you want that, whatever. It's like that uh, Carmelo thing. You know, he's coming back home and – He spent most he of his in, life in Baltimore. Exactly. He lived in New York for like, what, two years? <laughs> He stopped over. He stayed at a Holiday Inn once, and now he's from New York. Now you know how it goes. Once, once you claim New York, you always claim New York. Yeah, it's trying to create some street cred. I got you. Yeah, but you know the next thing I think that is more about you know kind of seeing his, getting his name in lights, and maybe he just always wanted to play for the Knicks. I don't know. Um, yeah. Miami, he would definitely be the the main option if he goes to Miami, and yep. But also too, you know, <clears throat> Knicks aren't in in this category because they they just had like a crazy front office summer as well. But the other three teams present front office stability that Cleveland doesn't right now. This is true. Like you go to Miami, you got Riley there. That's a rock. Riley and Spolstra, like, that's stability. You go to Minnesota, Tibbs is the coach and the press, so there's no turnover happening there. Happening there. Then yep. you go to San Antonio, same thing with Popovich, R.C. Buford, that whole squad. Like, they're there, and you know that they're going to be a stable franchise because they've been the most stable, model, consistent franchise for the last 20 years or so. So, and the Knicks might just be like the thought of wanting to play in New York, or maybe he's interested. Maybe he's one of those guys that now that Phil's gone, he he thinks that that is a a pretty ideal location to go to. I'm not sure. Uh, but he just wants to run away. <laughs> just no way. But uh, I mean, tell you what, like there is. There is a world, there is an argument you can have where you can say James Dolan is not as bad as Dan Gilbert, and you might be right. Well, Dan Gilbert, his hands, and she tries to put his hands on stuff. He tries to get involved. James I mean, Dolan Charles Oakley aside. <laughs> yeah, 
Charles Oakley aside, James Dolan just doesn't care. Not that he doesn't care, but he's very hands off. Well, he was more hands on. He got hands off for Phil. Um, both guys, they're gonna spend money, but you know, I it's really uh, I really don't get the Knicks choice. But if he goes over, that I mean, Knicks fans would love it, and I wouldn't mind it because he's right down the he's right he's just a couple of train stops away from me. I could go catch Kyrie a little more often, so that wouldn't be so bad. But the other three teams pr- kind of show you that he he f- was maybe favoring just being in a different franchise more than being the number one guy per se. Right. So, so I mean, but some of these teams, it's interesting. Like Minnesota, they kind of sh- – now they might be wishing they hadn't done the Jeff Teague deal now that right. they know Kyrie Irving is <laughs> – looking to go to their team, especially since they can't trade Teague until December. So Cleveland needs to get Kyrie out the door as soon as possible, and that kind of eliminates Minnesota from the running because they could offer Wiggins, but Wiggins isn't enough isn't enough salary-wise. So they would have to try and make a package with other pieces besides Teague, but then you have Teague and Kyrie on the team together, and that doesn't work either. And that's where I feel like Kyrie should have said. I mean, yeah, they said the report came out weeks. He told them weeks ago that he wanted to go, but it would have been nice if he if they found that even earlier than that, so they could have did something. Yeah, well, supposedly, especially when everyone being signed. Well, supposedly he wants to go to T Wolves because he wants to play with Jimmy Butler, and that he was he was he was hoping he could join Jimmy Butler in Chicago before Chicago traded him to Minnesota. Hmm, him in Chicago. Yeah. That'd be interesting. That would have been. But now he goes to play with. If he goes to play with Tibbs, hope he's ready to play forty-five minutes a game, and play defense. And play defense. Yeah, play defense. I mean, they would be a really good team. Kyrie Butler Towns. Even if you had to give up Wiggins, I don't think it's a big deal if you give up Wiggins. Honestly. No, I don't think so. I don't. If you have to give up Wiggins, it's not a a big deal. I mean, so, Wiggins okay. just. Going back to yeah. where he drafted, and I mean that's funny and ironic, and you know Kevin Love and Andrew Wiggins probably gonna have like an awkward stare at each other in the locker room for 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 a minute, but ideally Minnesota would be sending Teague and Wiggins to Cleveland. That would be like the trade package, but they can't do that. And San Antonio, I don't know what San Antonio's can send to Cleveland, unless nothing. Yeah, nothing. Like Lamarcus Aldridge is the only name really, and Cleveland is not taking Lamarcus Aldridge to try and figure out how to play Love Thompson and Aldridge. They're not gonna do that. Right. In a league that's going small. And a league that's going small, and you just played you just played the Warriors and couldn't play and could barely play Love or Thompson against that team. And we already saw how Aldridge fared against the Warriors in San Antonio. It wasn't very good. Exactly, and you know the Spurs would love someone to take them. Yeah, they're dying to get some some. They, they're dry, They're dying for somebody to take them off their hands. So that trade doesn't really work. We already said the Knicks. We already said Miami. So his ideal trade partners aren't really the most ideal for the Cavs, and he doesn't have a no trade clause, which probably does mean a team like Phoenix or Denver 
or somebody like that is going to be the ones that get him. Now, I already feel like that Phoenix rumor benefits Cleveland way more than does Phoenix and that Cleveland is the one driving those rumors. Or maybe even Clutch Sports is the one driving those rumors because they probably want to get Bledsoe out of Phoenix where he's just kind of dying in obscurity. Yeah, he's, yeah. I mean, you know, now he's got, and people say he's injury prone and he has had his injuries, but I think with all the tanking Phoenix has done, has been doing, his injuries have kind of, his, his games missed have probably been more than they should have been with all the tanking they've been doing. So all all together, it's just been bad on his rep as a player, and his agent probably wants to get him out of there. Yeah, they kind of want to do a Mo Williams rehab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back when Mo Williams played with LeBron, and all of a sudden, Mo Williams became relevant. So they said, hey, let's bring him over there and watch Eric Bledsoe have an amazing season. Well, yeah, so, I mean, that would, that, would, that would be – I still would like – I still don't know how that would work. I think he would be an upgrade for them defensively, but uh, I wonder if he's going to be one of those guys that you put them next to LeBron and their offense suffers. Oh, yeah. So, like, very few guys are like Kyrie that it doesn't matter what LeBron does. They can still get their 30, 35 points if they want to. Right, and and you saw there were times where LeBron got the ball and he just – you know, going up the court, he just passed it to Kyrie, and then he just let Kyrie do his thing for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, now when you you bring in Bledsoe and these other guys, that I don't think that's going to happen too much. I think LeBron's going to be even more ball dominant. Yeah, he would. I I agree. Um. So, uh, you know, Denver. I think Denver is a good. It's a really good option. I think that's maybe like the most mutually beneficial trade partner for um for both sides. I think Denver would do that because they would get a star to pair with Millsap and Jokic and it makes a lot of sense, especially with the way Jokic passes. You don't need Kyrie to be this ball dominant point guard playmaker finding the the right play for everybody. You can run him off Jokic in that high post, that that top of the key, where he likes to operate, and and it would work. I think it would work. Millsap's also a very good passer, so you would have you have you would have a system that creates offense rather than you know you relying on Kyrie to create the offense because he's not that type of point guard. Right. But in that same offense with guys like Millsap and Jokic trying to find him, I, I think the sky's the limit on on the type of scorer he could be there. So I, I like that a lot. Um, yeah, the only way this works, the only way the Phoenix deal works is if they can make a three-teamer. To me, the only way it works is they can make a three-teamer with the Knicks, and that way like Bledsoe and Mello could find their way to Cleveland. I think then you're talking if you're Cleveland. But you have to make that deal worthwhile for Phoenix at the same time. Hopefully they'll figure it out. Like I said, something's got to happen within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, some, something's got to happen. I, I don't think at this point you can roll into next season with Kyrie and LeBron on the same team. 
Now, here's an interesting idea for you. You make this trade for Curry, whatever it is. Do you then do you then move Love as well? Do you mean do a trade with both of them, or do a separate corresponding trade with Love before the season starts? And get what? That's the question I have. It's kind of hard to find a, a person with. I mean, Love has his. I mean, Love has ability, you know. I mean, right now they're not catering to his game. But who do you get in return? Buggy? And Buggy only has one more year left on his contract. Yeah, just go all in. LeBron, Buggy, last year their contracts. Same, like, similar thing you were trying to do with, uh, with uh, Paul George. Mm, I don't know about that. Kevin Love kind of makes more sense next to Anthony Davis than Boogie does. Yeah, he kind of becomes that Ryan Anderson guy, and he also have a chance to get the ball and do his and post up and move around a little bit. And I think that will so disrespectful more... to Kevin Love comparing him to Ryan Anderson. I'm just saying Ryan Anderson when he was on that team, you know, stretching the floor out. You're the second person that compared Kevin Love and Ryan Anderson to me in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. I mean, it, it, it's it's what LeBron it's what LeBron has made him. Yeah, you, you, that you can't, team, but that's not his skill set. If he was no, that's that's not his skill set at all. I agree. His yeah. skill set is much more than that. You know, especially giving the ball in the post, he's able to create his own shot. Mm-hmm. But on on Cleveland, all he does is he stands by the three-point line. He runs around, and when he gets his little spot, his feet starts a little dance on behind the three-point line. He gets his shot and makes a rhythm shot. That's that's what he does. Yeah, you know. So that's why they have him. They have Kyle Korver. That's what they do. You know. Right. right. So, so I mean, that's an interesting trade. Nobody's really been talking about that trade, but Pelicans would get a more a star with more team control and might be even a better fit alongside Anthony Davis. And, uh, you know, Cleveland just clears the books at that point. They make one more run at the finals and let the chips fall where they may. If LeBron wants to leave, then they start over. If he wants to stay, then you can also, you can also keep cousins with his bird rights and you go from there. And Boogie's not staying in Cleveland. Maybe not, but I mean, you know, if JR could if JR could stay in Cleveland, why not Cousins, right? JR didn't have much of a choice. He re-signed a couple times he, now. No one wanted. He wasn't getting money from anywhere else. When he left, when he well, when he went, Boogie's Boogie's hitting that same thing. I don't think a lot of teams are gonna be lining up to sign Boogie next summer. I think definitely more than Jr. Oh, I mean, well, he's still a better player, right? But look at look at how many teams didn't even want to trade for him when Divac was dangling him at the deadline, right? Like a lot of teams just said no thanks, and that's why they ended up with the return they got. There's a team that's gonna want him, and it's gonna happen. Probably. Mark my word. There's a team that's gonna sign him. They're a team who are gonna have 
money on their books who are going to be like, you know what, we can take a guy like him on our on our roster. I mean, whether it's Brooklyn, you wow. know, they're like, you know, we should have drafted him in the first place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a deep cut right there. That's a deep cut. You could you should have drafted him in the first place, but hey, you know, we'll get him all these years later. And th- that would be a nice fit for him. That would be interesting. Um, I mean, they can't do this now, which is part of the reason why I didn't want them to match the offer, but Washington would have been another good option for for him because John Wall is there. John Wall wants to play with him. He said that. Cousins has said he wants to play with John Wall again. Um, you know, but now that they matched that deal for Otto Porter, they they're kind of they kind of have their team now for the foreseeable future. So that's what I'm saying. So right now, so there are teams out there who, if they have cap space available, will take Boogie. I'm I know. Not I'm, even... I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If LeBron stays in Cleveland and Boogie's there, maybe LeBron, maybe he decides to stay with LeBron. Look. You see how LeBron be yelling at those players? <laughs> do you think do you think LeBron's gonna yell at Boogie and walk away and think that's the end of it? <laughs> well, I don't know. They they're both pretty uh big dudes, so You think he exactly, exactly. You know, he, he go and he's punking Mario Thomas and yeah, he's he's going yelling at Kyrie and stuff like that and you think he's gonna go to Boogie and say, you know what? No, you should have been over. Man, cousin, gonna look at him like, have you lost your mind? Do you know who you're talking to? Well, get out of here. I with would that pay man. to see that in exchange. More reason to do the trade, in my opinion. Yeah, especially you know when LeBron wants to be all friendly with everyone before after the game, and you know, cousin's gonna be like, get out of here with that mess, man. Let's let's, let's stop this. Yeah, he gets does his, hold the flame. He does stay mad when he gets for a while. His, when he gets his fourteen technical fouls a year and doing his thing. I mean, at this point, but to me, at this point, this is the type of team Cleveland is. Like, look at look at the type of players they have. Look at the list of castoffs that are on this team. They got Iman Shumpert. They got J.R. Smith. If they make this. Depending on how they make these these other trades, they signed Larry Sanders at the end of last year. They've got all these guys that are either at the end of their career or they're just like reclamation projects. Derek Williams was another one. Like they remind me more of like the early two thousand Blazers or like the late nineties Rockets than they do like a potential dynasty. Just to they're a to me. Yeah, they're a horrible team to me. It's just, I mean, when you look at the depth and everything, yeah. I mean, the Derrick Rose signing, I was just like, first of all, if you planning to keep Kyrie Irving, Derrick Rose makes no sense. Second. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wait, he's a backup point guard. Him I, and Jose Calderon. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the other guy, Jose Calderon. So, well, that's one. Two. Okay, if you're okay with trading Kyrie, do you somehow think that Rose will 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 fill in that void of losing Kyrie? Because you know, if you get Eric Bledsoe, you are gonna get a player that's better on defense, but he's not like we just talked about. He's not gonna be able to have that 
offensive output that you would expect. So are you hoping to get that one-on-one ISO create their own offense from Derrick Rose then? Yep, I would think so. I would think that's the guy they think is going to give him that. Then they then they signed Kyle Korver for three more years. I don't know what that was about. That's what I'm saying. The team itself doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I don't know what they're trying to do or what they're trying to accomplish. You know what? It looks a lot like the team that they put together the last time LeBron left. Donnell right. Marshall, Mo Williams, Shaq at the end of his career, Antoine Jamerson and the and the declining part of his career, etc., etc. Zerdunas Ogowski is on his last legs. How is his how is his team any different from that one? They're Espe- not. Especially if Kyrie is traded. It's looking a lot like that same team. It is. And you you have and it's not like you've kept the same GM through this whole time because Dan Gilbert doesn't even re-sign GMs. They go through one contract and that's it. And you know it's Dan Gilbert's team, and you know Dan Gilbert has say in in a lot of this. But I think we we would all be fooling ourselves if we're if we're saying that Dan Gilbert is building these rosters. Nah. He's not. He's all his boys. He might he's signing checks, but and he may be he may be saying he wants to draft this guy or that guy. But at the end of the day, he, he didn't build the first roster, he didn't build the second roster. He signed he signed the checks to make sure that they can try and win and if LeBron wanted guys, he, he paid to get those guys, but I, I almost feel like LeBron is again, you know, doing that GM thing where he is decimating their future and then just going to bolt again. Yeah. And use the roster as one of the reasons why he had to go. Right. After you've kind of orchestrated this roster, you don't want to play with anymore. But this just shows that him being a GM is still in its infancy stages because he doesn't have the ability yet to put together a team with cat flexibility. <laughs> when you're playing the game, you should not also be managing. That's why nobody else does it. That's why technically it's not in the rules to be able to do that. That's you, true. You can't you can't have all this control because you know what? You're you're as a player, you have a very micro level of the way you see the game and the way you see the teams and the way you see the court. LeBron has amazing court vision. That doesn't mean he has the ability to take five steps back and examine a roster and know what they need. He knows how to play the game when he's on the court, and he's very good at that, but that doesn't mean he knows how to build a roster. And I think he's been showing evidence of that. Everywhere he's been, first time in Cleveland, they just become an old, decrepit team that's lacking of any upside that he bolts. Miami, he's there for four years. What happens? The four years he's there, the team gets older and older and lack and the upside just keeps fading and fading away. And then he bolts and he goes back to Cleveland because the four years he was in Miami, Cleveland was able to build up a bunch of young assets. Then he just, you know, then he just starts moving all those young assets again. They make them they 
get rid of a bunch of them for the, in the Kevin Love trade. They trade two first-round picks for Timothy Mozgov. They trade more first-round picks for J.R. Smith and Iman Shumper. They sent another first-round pick for Channing Frye. Another one for Kyle Korver. And now look at this team. Uh-huh. Now, on the flip side, you could say, hey, they went to three finals, so it wasn't really a failure. But the problem is he's not committed to this. So no, he's not. This, I mean, all the moves he made is all well and good if he's going to stay there because as long as he stays there, there's still a second, third round NBA finals team depending on who else he has on the roster. But if he's gonna if he's gonna want these moves and the team's gonna make all these moves to appease him, especially when there's the threat of him leaving all the time, and then he just bolts anyway because he doesn't like the way the team looks after he acts for these things, that's a problem. It is a problem, and I think that's the the whole issue. That's where that's part of what it comes down to. Yeah, and that's Ron what I'm saying. Has too much power. And I think that's part of the Kyrie. I think that's involved in the Kyrie issue, too. And I think that's part of the reason why Kyrie wants to go elsewhere. Um, I I think, yeah, he wants his name to be more elevated. He wants to get more credit. He probably always feels like the fall guy, and he never feels like the hero. Um, But I also think a lot of it, too, is he doesn't want to be in this hostage situation, as it were. For lack of a better term, right? I mean, there. I don't know if there's ever been a guy who has such say in what the team does than LeBron. Yeah, and it's not easy, and it's not easy to play with him. It's not. So, so I mean, I hate to, I hate to put this name out there. Um, you know, I'm not gonna do it. I, if I do it, it's gonna be too. You know, you know. I, I think you already know what name I'm gonna mention. I don't. And, well, oh, okay. All right. So I, I'll put it out there. For years, everyone's saying, "Oh, they would love to play with LeBron. LeBron's this player I want to play with." All this other stuff. Is LeBron? Does that is that that whole I love LeBron? glow fading and now is he entering a world where he is looked at from a teammate perspective like Kobe and you know I didn't want to say it because I know this is touches you a little bit I know you're a Kobe you're a Kobe guy but you have to agree you have to agree. For a while, especially toward the end of the, his career, there were a lot of players who didn't want to play with Kobe, and Kobe couldn't recruit free agents because they were guys who did not want to play with Kobe. Uh, I, Is well, LeBron well, now entering that right now? Well, well, first of all, I think that existed from through Kobe's whole career. I think there was just guys that didn't want to play with him his whole career. A lot of guys, he he got under people's skin and. A lot of people didn't like him. I think that was his whole career. And I think what happened was at the end of his career, there was a lot of players now that were entering their prime who respected and looked up to Kobe. But as he was clearly in his decline, they didn't want to be a part of that. 
Um, right. But, but is that but it's, it's, is LeBron entering that right now? I think it is, but for different reasons. Because LeBron and Kobe aren't, aren't the same person or the type of player. But the situation, if we're being honest, the situation is similar. Now, whether we'll ever get to a point where that is the media narrative, like it was for Kobe, I don't know. But I think if we're, I think if we're reading the tea leaves and reading between the lines, I think we are seeing a similar situation develop. That's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a situation that's developing, and it's the storyline that we have to keep our eyes on. Mm-hmm. And. You know, I think a lot of these guys want to play with LeBron, like play on his team, but I think a lot of I like I think a lot of these players are kind of gun shy because of the way he operates with his contracts, and they don't want to be right. left out to dry, so to speak. Right, you can't keep signing one year contracts. Yeah, because he did that to Wade. And- he he left Wade out. He left Wade. Out to dry, more or less. Yep. And he didn't tell Wade what he was gonna do. No, he didn't. And that's your friend, your best friend, and you didn't tell him what you were gonna do. Banana boat buddies, and you just kind of bounced. Exactly. You left him finding out later on. And to me, that is why Mello is reportedly focusing on the Knicks finding a way to get him to Houston and he and Cavs aren't even in the conversation anymore in term if, as far as Le, as Melo's concerned because I think even LeBron's friends know like you know what it would be cool but LeBron's going to do him he's got he's going to do what's best for him and I don't want to be in Cleveland for another year or two and LeBron's living it up in LA cuz he cuz he cuz he bolted exactly and LeBron's going to LA Bringing team other teams to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Notice, I did not say the NBA Finals because I do not think it's going to happen. Well, but right, and, well, and this is why I don't want him to come to the Lakers because I don't want him to de- devolve my team into that. I don't want to see Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Julius Randle all on other teams and all of our draft picks gone just for like a year or two of trying to win the championship and then he goes somewhere else. Right. That would not be fun. Yep. Because once that happens, you need the chip. If you don't get the chip, all of that was for nothing. Exactly. And and in the case of in the case of Cleveland, they didn't have a whole bunch of players who were really impacted by it. I mean, Anthony Bennett, Dion Waiters. Oh yeah, Waiters. Dion. Waiters wasn't in the letter either, and eventually Waiters left too. Yeah, Wiggins. Wiggins. I mean that. I mean, these are guys who, you know, just happened to, you know, were impacted by LeBron's decision. The young guys. In this case, LeBron goes to a place like L.A. I mm-hmm. mean, the Lakers. Those are arguably that's higher a, that's potential guys that that get moved. Exactly, and it's going to be a bigger impact. And these are guys who you potentially going to be looking at years to come. And as a Lakers fan, or even as the Lakers front office, you're saying, "Man, we got two two years out of LeBron, and he signed two one year contracts, and then that third year he's gonna just disappear, suddenly retire, or whatever." And 
we have nothing. All our pieces are now on other teams. Exactly. And you don't want to be stuck in that position. I mean, granted, right now, we mentioned those other names with Cleveland. And going full circle, Kyrie's about to be one of those players. A casualty of LeBron being on Cleveland. Yeah, the the one true blue chip Cleveland got in the four years he was in LeBron was in Miami is about to is about to be traded somewhere else now. Yep. Exactly. And depending who you ask, it's because he doesn't want to play with LeBron anymore. Yep. Your team just got older. Yeah, it it got old and it's and it's gonna lose upside regardless. Because you're you're not going to gain a player with Kyrie's potential back. You're just not. And, no. And now he's gone, and you probably trade Love, too. But at this point, with the way he's been used on this team, his value is at its lowest. You're not gonna get. You're not even gonna get the same type of trade you offer to get love in the first place because you know just think about it in terms of value like Anthony Bennett was a bust and he was a wash but essentially Kevin Love re- returned two first round picks two um, number one overall picks rather because Wiggins was was first overall Bennett was first overall so just in terms of the value of those picks regardless of the name Anthony Bennett you know they took on they they netted Minnesota netted two one one a- asset va- value assets and they got Thaddeus Young who were they able they were able to move for another asset and you, you can't like mellow for love can't even happen at this point. This is true. So I don't even know what the Cavs could get. They probably would just hope for like. A first round pick or something at this point for love. Yep. Wow. This was depressing. It's a lot. So Yeah. So we need, we need a happier pot next week. So like you like we were saying, did so basically the Warriors did to LeBron what LeBron's been doing to the other teams in the East this whole time this summer. Yep. Golden State did it. Golden they, State did they, it. They went and they brought the Cavs to the point where all the other Eastern Conference teams were in shambles. And out of nowhere, the Cavs are a team looking for answers. So much so that Adam Silver had to say he he hopes that they do okay. He's worried about them. When the commission is worried about you, that's pretty bad. That is bad, but I also just wish he didn't even like really comment on that, because now now I feel like once LeBron leaves, you know they're gonna give rap four number one picks again, like they did the last time he left. Oh, that was a David Stern thing. Yeah, that was a David Stern. Me give rap you some first round picks. Ah, man. Any but anyway, I'll take off my tinfoil hat. Yeah, <laughs> but. We, st- we now we're you know now we're in wait and see mode. I mean, 
hopefully by next week we'll find out a trade happened and Kyrie is being sent somewhere. Maybe they already have a trade partner, but they got to wait till next week because one of the recent rookies is involved and you can't trade him till after August 3rd. So maybe he is going to Phoenix and they just have to wait for Josh Jackson to pass the deadline or something like that. Right. So there's a possibility by the next pod, we'll have some more answers. Yeah, hopefully. But until then, Leif, thanks for talking with me tonight. This was real good. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, hopefully next week there'll be a be some happier things to talk about. Yes, you know this whole Kyrie thing kind of took us off, took us all by surprise. Yeah, but we talked about it, and I think we had a real good conversation. Yeah, we had a good conversation. It got a little dark there at the end about Cleveland, but it was interesting. It was entertaining. There's so many different threads to pull on in this whole in this whole thing that's going on right now um but again we're gonna have to wait and see what happens hopefully next week we have more answers we can dissect the possible trade that happened um in the meantime just want to thank everybody for listening to the pace and space podcast brought to you by the sideline reporter Again, you can find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash the sideline reporter. That's all one word. And you can also find us on Twitter at the SL reporter. You know, comment, leave messages, tell us where you think Kyrie should go, what team would be best. You know, if you got a trade idea you think works, Send it on Facebook or on Twitter. Send it our way. Use the ESPN trade machine, whatever it takes. Let us know what you guys think. And if there's any other topics you want us to discuss, you can let us know about that too, and we'll get right on it. Again, Leif, thanks for talking to me. As always, it's been real good. Yeah, as always, man. And uh, good night, everybody. Peace out. Later.